Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hello, friends. I'm Laura Adams, and this is the Money Girl Podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. This show is for busy people who want to learn more about personal finance. We cover a wide range of topics like credit, debt, investing, real estate, business, taxes, insurance, money management strategies, and lots more. I'm so glad to have your ears, and I want to thank you for downloading the show, spending a little time with me today. This is episode number 514, called Eight Warning Signs of Identity Theft and How to Fight Back. You probably know that millions of Americans have been impacted by the recent Equifax data breach. It was announced on September 7th of this year. And since then, they've made some key personnel changes and say they're still investigating the incident and working closely with the FBI. Whether your personal information was stolen or not, and by the way, mine was, there are important steps you can take to avoid becoming a victim of identity theft. And last week's show is definitely one you don't want to miss. It's 513, called Equifax Data Breach, Five Steps to Protect Your Personal Finances. I take you through a step-by-step process to make sure that your data is as safe as possible. But this show, I think, is even more important because it's going to show you when you are a victim and what you need to do about it. And since the breach, I've received a steady stream of questions from Money Girl readers and podcast listeners about how to do that, how to protect your finances. And by the way, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future show topics, I'd love to hear them. You can always reach me uh, in a couple different ways. I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Laura Adams. You can always email me. My contact page is at lauradadams.com. And you can also discuss issues in my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To get an invitation, just text dollars to the number 33444. And I also send out a weekly email. You can just hit reply on that email if you have any questions. Each week I send it out. It's free, short, and it's filled with tips, tools, and recommendations that I think you might enjoy. To get my email, just text get updates with no space to the number 33444. In today's show, as I mentioned, I'll review eight major warning signs of identity theft that everyone needs to be on the lookout for. Plus, I'll answer a variety of questions about topics, including kids' credit, signing up for credit monitoring, where to place security alerts on your credit files, and several more. We're gonna cover a lot of content If you want to review it, I'd encourage you to visit the show notes. They are in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. And that's also where you'll find the full archive of podcasts that predate what you see on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get shows. All right, let's get to it. The first warning sign of identity theft is 
incorrect information on your credit reports. Reviewing your credit reports on a regular basis is just something you've got to do. I want you to put it on your calendar, remind yourself at least once a year, and I would say if you can do it once a month, that's really much better. Reviewing your reports is one of the best ways to nip fraud in the bud. Now, it's not foolproof because there are types of identity theft that don't involve your credit, so you wouldn't see that show up on your credit reports, and I'm going to cover them in this show. However, if you do see any incorrect information, like a wrong mailing address, accounts you didn't open, inquiries from companies that you don't recognize, or incorrect balances on accounts, those are very strong signs that your accounts or your identity has been hijacked. So here's what to do to fight back. Dispute errors with each of the three nationwide credit bureaus. And I say that you need to do it with each of them because the information that's on each of those reports can be slightly different. Not all companies report information to all three of the credit bureaus. So what you see on TransUnion, for instance, may not be the same as what you see on Experian. So if you see an error on one report, I want you to make sure to check all three of your reports so that you can dispute them. And if one of the errors is definitely fraud, like an account that's not yours, you want to report that to the Federal Trade Commission, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And of course, you want to contact any creditors that have incorrect information about you to dispute it directly with them. The second major warning sign are charges on your credit cards that you didn't make. Even a small credit card charge that isn't yours, like a dollar or two dollars, means that a fraudster is using your card number. And they often are really sneaky. They will make one or more small charges to kind of test the waters. They want to see if you're noticing. And then if you don't notice, they're going to rack up more expensive purchases. That's not always the case. Sometimes they will just make a really big charge. But you need to look out for any amount of fraud that's happening on your credit card. And to fight back, you want to contact the card issuer right away and report any unauthorized charges. And what they'll do is discontinue your old card number and give you a new one. You've probably had this happen. I know I have fraudulent charges that show up on my credit cards from time to time, and the issuers are getting pretty sophisticated and pretty good at noticing when this happens, and they will go ahead and discontinue the old card number and send you out a new one. Now, the important thing to note is that this does not close your credit card account or make you lose any of your payment history. The card issuer simply changes the card number and they send you a new one in the mail. Fortunately, when you use a credit card, you get lots of legal protection. The Fair Credit Billing Act says that you're responsible for no more than $50 of fraudulent charges on a credit card. And if you report a lost or stolen card before any fraudulent activity happens, you don't owe anything. This is one of the major reasons why using a credit card is a lot smarter than using a debit card. You get a lot more protection from fraud. And after speaking with your card issuer, check your credit reports to make sure there are not any new accounts that you don't recognize. The third warning sign of identity theft are charges or withdrawals from a financial institution that you didn't make. Any transactions that you don't recognize on your checking, savings, or investing accounts is very serious. 
That means someone has access to those accounts and could drain them by making purchases, withdrawals, or cashing out investments. To fight back, contact your financial institution immediately to report the unauthorized use and then you want to change your account passwords. The institution may freeze your accounts temporarily while they make an investigation. Also, check your credit reports for any other suspicious activity. The fourth warning sign of identity theft are calls from collectors about debts that are not yours. If you get any calls from collectors, don't just dismiss it and say, wow, that's not my debt, they've got the wrong person, they don't know what's going on. You need to take it very seriously because any past due amounts that are in your name means a criminal has used your information to borrow money. They might have gotten a mortgage, a car loan, a personal loan, or even a credit card in your name, and then, of course, not paid it back. So the debt is in your name. To fight back, you want to get all the information you can from the collector who is reaching out to you. Get that person's name, the company name and address, the phone number to reach them, and request what is called a validation notice from them. A validation notice outlines the details about the debt that they're trying to collect from you. And according to the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, you're entitled to receive a validation notice within five days of being contacted by a collector. That, again, will list the debt details, including how to dispute it. And if you request this and for some reason you don't get it, you can also send a debt verification request directly to a debt collector. And if you do that within 30 days of initial contact, they're required to respond to you. So that's why you want to get all the information about this company so that you can contact them directly. Then, of course, check your credit reports. The fifth warning sign is something similar. It's calls from collectors about medical bills that are not yours. Medical fraud is a growing problem, and it happens when someone that you don't know uses your identity or your insurance information to get services or products from doctors, dentists, or hospitals. So if you get a call from a collector or you receive medical bills that you don't recognize, that means a criminal may have gotten services in your name and is trying to stick you with the bill. To fight back, contact each company or provider who's billed you and explain the situation. You want to ask to see your medical records to make sure that any fraudulent diagnosis or treatment gets removed. You don't want somebody else's medical information mingled with yours. And of course, you want to report this medical fraud to the Federal Trade Commission. The sixth warning sign are missing bills and financial statements from your snail mail. If you typically get bills and bank statements in the mail, but then you stop receiving them unexpectedly, that could be a sign that a criminal has hijacked your mailing address. If they redirect your mail or even steal it from your mailbox, it's less likely that you'll notice the fraud that they're trying to get away with. This is why I recommend that you stop getting all paper mail. Sign up for e-bills and e-statements on every single account that you can. Getting them electronically is actually much safer than getting them in the mail because they could easily be hijacked. To fight back, you want to contact the post office and any billers that have gone missing to report the fraud. Then you want to check your credit reports to make sure there aren't any new accounts in your name. The seventh warning sign is 
Notice about maxed out government benefits. A thief could actually use your identity to apply for various government assistance programs like food assistance, unemployment, disability, or social security benefits. Your child's identity could also be used to qualify for free meals at a public school, claim supplemental security income or SSI benefits, or to get medical services. I'll talk a little bit more about how to protect your child from identity theft. This type of fraud could happen even if you don't receive any government benefits. They could simply be using your name and social security number. And if you do need these types of benefits in the future, you could actually be denied for them because records would mistakenly show that you're already claiming them. That's one way that you would know that you had been a victim. You also might receive information from the government in the mail about these programs and think, well, I'm not enrolled in this program. Why am I getting this information? Again, don't ignore that type of information that comes in. You want to investigate it. To fight back, report the fraud to the appropriate government agency. You also may want to notify the police and file an identity theft report with the Federal Trade Commission. And of course, check your credit reports. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the eighth warning sign of identity theft is your income tax refund never arrives. Tax return fraud is a growing problem that happens when a thief files a fake return in your name to steal a refund that you may be owed. After you file your return, you could receive notification from the IRS that more than one return was submitted in your name. To fight back, you need to contact the IRS You need to notify the police, and you want to file an identity theft report with the Federal Trade Commission. And of course, check your credit reports. If this happens, you still need to file your state and federal tax returns and pay any amounts owed, even if your identity was stolen. If you see any of these eight warning signs that I've just covered, you need to assume that your personal information is in jeopardy. Or maybe you find out for sure that you are an identity theft victim. You need to be proactive and place a fraud alert or a credit freeze on your credit files to prevent any further exposure, any further damage. And I talked more about that in last week's show. So if you want to review what a fraud alert and credit freeze is, be sure to refer to last week's show. As I mentioned, I received several questions about how to keep kids safe. Did you know that children are over 50 times more likely to become victims of identity theft than adults? It's really sad, but unfortunately, it can be easy for a dishonest family member or a dishonest friend with access to their personal records to steal their information. And that's actually how most child identity theft happens. And most parents are clueless that their child is a victim until he or she tries to get a driver's license 
a mobile phone, or gets turned down for a student loan or a job. By then, years or a decade could have gone by, and it's really difficult to clear up problems like a botched credit report, debt, or even a criminal record that's existed for many years in your child's name. One question came in from Amy S., who says, Thanks for your timely and thorough podcast on the Equifax breach. Do you recommend the same steps for checking credit reports on our teenage children, even if they don't have loans or credit histories? Thanks for asking, Amy. Yes, you should absolutely get in the habit of checking your kids' credit files when you check your own at sites like annualcreditreport.com. When you do this, the credit bureaus typically require you to submit some additional information to verify that you are, in fact, a child's parent or legal guardian. So you may need to provide proof of your address, copies of your identification, your child's birth certificate, and your child's social security card. If you have a young child, they should not have a credit file. So that's what you're checking for. You're checking to make sure that nothing comes back when you make a request. If they have a credit file, that means a thief has used their information to open credit accounts. Now, if you have an older child, they may have a credit file. So if they've been set up as an authorized user on a credit card, for instance, or maybe they have their own car loan or student loan, then of course he or she would have a credit file. But if your child does not have any credit information that you're aware of and they have a credit file, that's a problem. If your child is an identity theft victim, you need to place a fraud alert or a security freeze on his or her file and then notify the police and file a report with the Federal Trade Commission. Another question came in from Travis H., who says, We're a military family and relocate a lot. To my surprise, when my son was only three years old, we started receiving snail mail in his name from advertisers. He's almost five now, and the Equifax situation has renewed my fear for his future. How do I protect my son's identity from theft? Thanks for your question, Travis. If you haven't already checked to see if your son has fraudulent credit reports, I would do that immediately. Just like you can't protect yourself from every type of potential identity theft, you can't completely protect your kids either. However, I'm going to give you five tips to help keep children safe from identity thieves. Number one is watch out for mail addressed to your child. Just like Travis mentioned, receiving any type of mail should make you suspicious, but especially pre-approved credit offers or insurance offers in your child's name. That's a red flag that credit accounts could have been open using their personal information. However, it's possible that a child's name could accidentally get added to an email list. So If it's not a pre-approved credit offer or an insurance offer, I would still check their credit report, but it's possible that it could just be an email list thing. All right, the second tip to keep kids safe is to watch out for debt collectors asking for your child. As I mentioned, getting calls from debt collectors that you don't know about is a problem. If a thief opened a credit card or took out a loan in your child's name, They certainly didn't pay the bill, so collectors are likely trying to track you down by phone or mail, and of course, they're going to be asking for your child, and then you can investigate that appropriately. The third tip to protect kids is never give out your child's social security number. While a lot of organizations do ask for a child's social security number, 
Few of them really need it. So always push back and find out whether it's absolutely necessary and how the number will be used and protected. I really think there are very few situations where you really need to give it out. Maybe at the doctor's office, that might be one situation. Or if you're applying for government benefits or insurance, it may be necessary. But otherwise, really push back and don't give it out unnecessarily. The fourth tip is to lock up your child's identity documents. Any documents with personal data, like their birth certificate, their passport, their social security card, or even a will, those should be kept in either a bank safe deposit box or a locked fireproof safe. And the fifth tip is to teach kids to keep their own personal information secret. As kids get older, they need to know that their name, address, phone number, email, passwords, and social security number should never be shared with anyone, especially someone they don't know. Another question I received came in from Jay Johnson, who says, Today, I'm placing fraud alerts on my credit files. Consumer Reports says we should also contact a company called Innovus. Is that an action you also recommend? Thanks, Jay. I do think it's worthwhile to contact Innovus. Most people have heard of the three major nationwide credit bureaus, which are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Well, Innovus is a fourth minor agency. They've been around since the 70s, but are definitely a minor player. They've been through multiple acquisitions and have had a variety of names, so you may also hear them referred to as ACB, which stands for Associated Credit Bureaus, Consumer Credit Associates, or CCA, and CBC companies. So these are all the same company, and you can check your Innovus credit report and place an alert or a freeze at Innovus.com, I-N-N-O-V-I-S.com. Just like with the three major bureaus, you can get a free copy of your credit file once a year, but they're not part of the official credit reporting site, which is annualcreditreport.com. And Innovus works a little differently because they don't give you an option to view your credit report online like you can with the other agencies, you have to submit a request to have a paper copy of your report mailed to you. I received a question from Justin who says, should I sign up for Equifax's free credit monitoring? Equifax is offering their product called Trusted ID Premier, and it's a free credit file monitoring and identity theft protection. And they're offering this to all U.S. consumers, regardless of whether your data was stolen from them or not. Right after the breach, there was some confusion about whether signing up for this product would reduce your legal rights if you wanted to sue them later on. And it does not. They've made that clear. I did sign up for Equifax's service because it's free. However, it's far from foolproof. Credit monitoring services give you a low level of protection. If you enroll, please don't become complacent about watching out for the warning signs that I've covered here or anything else that may seem suspicious. Lindy says, thanks for your Equifax podcast. I shared it with all my friends who were confused about what to do. Recently, I got married and legally changed my name with the Social Security Administration and the state. I checked both names on Equifax's security website, which says my maiden name was potentially impacted and my married name was not. Should I worry about this? Congratulations on your recent wedding, Lindy. Since your credit is linked to your Social Security number, 
You should only have one file at each of the credit bureaus, even after you change your name. So I would assume that your data has been compromised and stay alert for any of the red flags that I've covered today. If you're interested in more information on how to check, review, repair, and build your credit, definitely check out my free credit score survival kit. It's a multimedia tutorial that includes a video, audio, and ebook to teach you smart and legitimate strategies to build excellent credit. To get this, all you need to do is text credit score with no space to the number 33444. If you're enjoying the show, let me know by subscribing for free and taking a minute to submit a quick five-star review on iTunes. I read all of them. If you've submitted reviews, I want to thank you. It means a lot to me. And to keep the money conversation going, you can join my private Facebook group that I mentioned at the top of the show, Dominate Your Dollars. Just text dollars to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Thank you.